evening, everyone. I hope everybody had a fantastic week and um, that you're getting ready for Rough Trade. We're going to do a um, an opening sprint for Rough Trade um, starting at midnight central um, on the 1st. So uh, that'll be Sunday evening for those of you in the United States. I'm not sure about um, late, late Sunday evening, obviously, or very, very early Monday morning, depending on your point of view. For those of you in the U.S., I'm not sure about other time zones. Um, Good luck with that. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, it has been announced in MeWe, um, and it um, will be over on the Just Right Discord server doing that. Um, So hope to see you there um, launching Rough Trade with us. Uh, tonight's um, podcast is about um, how fandom is really opposed to change. And um, this is Julie's idea. I'm going to put her on the air as soon as I find her. This is her, I believe. This is me. you. Yeah, this is you. Um, one of the things when I first entered fandom is that I was very opposed to Rule 63. And I was also appalled by male pregnancy. I was like, (laughs) what? I don't even, what? What is this shit? And I even bitched about it on my live journal. I am still genuinely appalled by Spork. I'm never getting over that. (laughs) Just saying. You can't follow the, you cannot call the grandfather slash pairing of fandom Spork. It's undignified. No. Very. Where the hell's the chat room? I'm in the wrong room. I'm I'm on the wrong server. Okay. And um, because I did have these opinions, um, and I was very vocal about them, when I started to kind of grow and change, people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You hate that. Why are you doing that? You hate that. Like I wasn't allowed grow as a person I wasn't allowed to change my mind and I think that when you have and you know I loathe it I really do but I think that um being a so-called big name fan people um pay attention to you a lot more than they would if you were just someone they considered a normal fan in the fandom in, in various fandoms and when you put yourself out there at the level that I do, people get this impression that they know you. And that you're this personality that's never going to change. And um, they get deeply offended when you do. And they'll call you out on it like you've done something wrong. Like because you changed your mind or because you grew or because you got additional information or just because you learned that you liked something, you know, that um, that you're somehow wrong for evolving. Um, and I don't think that it's a fault to be open to change. I think it's actually a fault to be so close-minded that you can't change. I um I don't like to be around people like that. People who are so narrow and so inflexible that 
they're not open to new ideas. They're not open to change at all. I find them really uncomfortable to be around. I, I just, I really don't like it. it it's, it's disconcerting to be around somebody so rigid and narrow. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and this came up for me this week because I've talked on the podcast a couple of times at least, and I've talked about it on Facebook, um, that I cannot stand around Robins, that I've had nothing but bad experiences with them, that I think they're terrible. <laughs> um, round Robins I mean, are chaos. They're chaos. There's no plan. You can't predict what anybody else is going to do. You you have no uh, say in what they do. You No one's following a... A plan. A plan. There, there is no yeah. plan to follow, so no one's following the fucking plan. Yeah, I mean, like even when you've got kind of a goal, I've been in round, done round robins where they somebody killed the main character. It was like, really, really. I mean, it's like the whole thing just ends right there because who wants to continue on at that point, right? And it's like there were always there was always somebody who wanted to sabotage the story. Um, and I know that sometimes things can kind of be kind of like incidentally cracky or whatever, but I would see people do things that were blatant crack in a story that would, had not been crack up to that point, like having your character suddenly be abducted by aliens in a, in a fandom where aliens didn't exist. And it was like, you know, it just sucked the joy right out of the whole experience, right? Anyway... So we were talking, I don't remember what was said on the, we were talking on the podcast, we were talking about some stuff um, about NCIS and Tony leaving and, and, and we are talking about the events around, um, specifically around the, the Tony being sent to Israel after the events of, um, around the events of Aaliyah and around the legend and that stuff. It was like a four-episode arc where that stuff all went down with Michael Rivkin coming to the States, and it, it culminated in Ziva staying behind in Israel. Um, but that Tony was hauled off by Vance and Gibbs to be questioned by Mossad, and we talked about how egregiously wrong that was. It was like the writers just took a complete break from reality to do that. Anyway, so we talked about that, and then I was – Doing my, you know, I was on, I'm on the Discord server almost every day, um, doing something on there, and I was thinking about how much I have enjoyed getting it's to her know. New fandom. It is Discord's my new fandom, um, and I was thinking about how much I've enjoyed getting to know some other writers that I've known or been around on Facebook, but that I haven't really like connected with at a at a writing level before, and getting to be part of their process and how rewarding that was, and. Um, and then, and then um, Angelic Insanity, we're over on MeWe. A lot of us have migrated, like, our, our fandom-y stuff, at least, over to MeWe. I don't have any family on Facebook, so I can just fuck, fan, you know, fuck Facebook right off, you know, give it the double bird and move. Um, and a lot of people who don't have, like, family they have to stay connected to have, like, jumped off of Facebook entirely. So we're building a community on MeWe, and there's at least 400 people over there now who used to be on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I have – Probably have half my reader, half my. I'm wondering if the half that I don't have on MeWe are people I play games with. 
could, it, it could be. I know people I play games with are still obviously because I do. I do have friends like connected to friends for Township and stuff through Facebook, and that's like I'm using Facebook as a backup device for Township at this point. Um, so, um, and then like I said, Angelic Insanity, who is a, a prolific writer in many fandoms, but definitely. A, a tone, also Tony centric, created a group on MeWe, a fandom group called, um, I think it's called a unicorn named Tony Dinozo or something like that. And I just thought, yeah, yeah a unicorn named Tony Dinozo. And I just thought that was charming. So um, anyway, so all of these things come, kind of like coalesced at the same time. And I was, uh, I think the last piece of my inspiration was um, her creating that group. And um, I thought. You know, what if there? What if I? What if there was a fic? And I, at first, I thought of it like as a fic idea, like writing a story where, um, and I was going to call it Feeding Frenzy, where Tony um, gets set up around those events go, that happened with with Israel and Michael Rivkin and all that stuff, and Tony um, decides to leave NCIS, and. And then each successive chapter, which would almost be more like little mini episodes, would be different agencies trying to recruit him or different groups trying to recruit him. And then I thought, well, what if we did that like as a fic relay, where everybody takes a different fandom or organization or group, and they write with that group trying to recruit Tony. And then the last chapter would be somebody writing – what Tony's decision is, and potentially introducing a pairing, because there would be no pairings up to that point. And I thought, wouldn't that be a lot of fun, because it would allow me to get to collaborate with, like, a bunch of authors that I haven't had, haven't worked with and I haven't had any um, opportunity to collaborate with. And um, so I, I talked to Kira about it, and I... Um, and since it was partially inspired by Angelic Insanity's group, I asked if if we wanted to like focus it around the group there, um, and did she want to be one of the moderators of this whole thing? And she agreed. And so uh, we just kind of uh, Becca, who's also one of our Discord admins. Uh, yeah, we did voluntold Lady Holder. Um, <laughs> um, I even picked out your part because I figured that that would be the part that you would want to do. I, I was looking out for you, Lady Holder. I was like, yeah. um, what, what's that term you use for people who uh on the quantum bang? I was your proxy. <laughs> yes, she was your proxy. <laughs> and I kind of, well, Kira said, because I was coming up with a list of potential fandoms, um, not that it would be limited to that, because somebody immediately thought of a fandom I hadn't thought of. Not that it would be limited to that, but just potential fandoms to kind of get people's brains going. And I and Kira said, "Well, what about that magnificent seven ATF fandom?" And I said, "Oh, I need to voluntold Ellie <laughs> because Ellie <laughs> right magnificent seven. So I you know trotted right off. You know, I've got like at that point, I probably had IMs out to like ten people um, waiting to hear back. But I like trot off and I volunteer you know, tell Ellie. I was like, "Do you want to do this? We would really like it. Do you want to do magnificent seven? <laughs> She got a, a little bit voluntold experience because we do that with people a lot. Um, That's why I was so, your proxy lady holder because you were missing stuff. When you're asleep or when you're at work, I got your back. That's right. <laughs> so, 
Um, Kira's going to write the anchor leg, which is always the last leg in a relay, and we are going to be calling this a thick relay. And um, I already wrote the, the opening. It's available for the unicorn group. That's what we're calling it. We've got a little secret group going out there for the unicorns, and this is all going to be, like, you know, locked down. Not, it's a terrible thick tease, I know, but we're hoping to do this in, you know, like six weeks or so. And um, people will have, you know, a set amount of time. They have a little bit more time during rough trade than they would have otherwise to write theirs. And then the person who comes after them reads what they wrote, and then they decide how they're going to write their fandom approaching. And then when it's all done, Kira will write the last leg of the relay, and Tony will have a decision. And it would give us, like, the opportunity to have... And probably you know, sex. Because I get to write the sex. Which she I gets think to write fair. the sex. It is fair. <laughs> so I thought this would be a really fun way to get a bunch of Yeah, yeah, Jeep. I do have a big wish for crossing lines. <laughs> um That's the one that's um a, with Donald Sutherland, the, right? Yeah, that's the inter, that's the, the, the made up investigative unit for the International Criminal Court. Um, I love that show. It's on Netflix. Fucking fantastic. Just the first season now. And it's the first season isn't on Netflix anymore. You can watch the first season on Voodoo. Um, but you can't get seasons two through two, two plus anywhere. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah, it was Angelica and Vanity who came back and said, oh, I think I'm going to do leverage. And I went, oh, leverage, yes, because I hadn't thought of leverage. So, um, yeah. So people are coming up with really good ideas, and we're working on a series Bible. And the thing is, it's also a little bit for people who've never done a collaborative fic before where they have to follow a series Bible. Um, it could be a good like, it's experience, good experience for them. For work. Yeah, it is. So um, it just seems like it would be a really fun project for people who are really Tony-centric writers or who really like Tony to um, – try this out and try this kind of writing with. And nobody's on the hook for more than 5,000 words because that's our approximate maximum. Um, and so it's kind of like a um, it's a low-key thing. You just have to do your one fandom and make sure you follow the series Bible, which is basically a bunch of biographical information and timeline. And as long as you don't violate that, you get to do what you want, right? And um, so it it. I thought it had the potential to be a lot of fun, and I've already had a lot of fun setting this up. And like I said, I dropped my part, the opening. The opening, it's very rough, but I dropped the first part, the opening relay, last night for the people to read. And um, anyway, so I was talking to somebody about this whole thing, chatting with them, and they said, I thought you were really opposed to Round Robin, but I'm surprised you're doing something like this. And it kind of struck me because which is what led to, led to me talking to care about this podcast because I've had, I have had really bad experiences with collaborative fiction writing before I have. Um, but there's, this was about me going, I'm going to get over this, you know, my issue there and try to find a way to make this work for me because I do want to have, these writing experiences with these other writers who have the same interests that I do because I have really enjoyed getting to know people more and see, get, you know, that view into their process and how they work and what makes them happy and what inspires them. And I wanted more of that because, you know, I'm, I'm selfish and I, I like to have things that make me happy. Um, and yeah, it isn't really a typical <laughs> round robin. It really isn't. It, it's, it's a, a round robin is. Work. 
chaos. chaos. There's no there's no throttle. And it is I mean, I did that one round robin. I've done one round robin in fandom, and that was with Lady Holder during um, an SGA um, Secret Santa. Maybe. Well, no, it wasn't Secret Santa. What was it? It was when they used to do those Team A and Team B um, secret thick things, um, and we were both in it, and we did. Um, they had these uh, threads. Um, on their live journal where you could do um, fix, uh, like little round robin fix. And we did one where John gets captured by um, somebody and um, he's a werewolf and they don't know it. And Rodney comes to rescue him and um, he blows their shit up. So, yeah. But um, it was a really short thing and it was okay because his lady holder and I knew she wouldn't go off the rails. Yeah, it's the the bomb was a love letter, um, but the idea of being in a round robin with twenty or thirty people <sighs> makes me break out in a cold sweat. I'm like, I <laughs> what? No. <laughs> and if she and if Julie had asked me to, it, you're right, desert. It was McShep match. If Julie had asked me to do that, I would have called her house and asked for her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong. I don't know what it is. You can take her to the doctor. We'll have a podcast later, you and me. (laughs) You can tell me how crazy she is. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to tell them why he decided you you were doing a podcast yesterday? Yesterday? Well, obviously, based on the question that he asked you today... I would have any thought you had not done enough yesterday. (laughs) I guess because I asked him, I asked him, I said, so am I doing a podcast tonight? And he said, I don't know. Are you? And I said, I don't know. Am I doing a podcast? He said, well, did you do enough today? I said, did I do enough today? He said, yes. Did you get enough done? I was like, is there criteria? He said, what are you going to talk about if you don't do enough? And I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, I got enough done. <laughs> he said, then go do but your the podcast. I was like, okay. Yesterday is that he, you didn't get enough stuff done. So he yes, had to get so he added to your list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was just, it's just funny that, um, and I, you know, it's, we didn't, I definitely didn't want to make the, this experience of doing the relay, like an autocratic experience. I don't want to tell people what to do, but the only way to make like collaborative writing work, this kind of thing is when you have a series Bible, but we are taking like, and there are, there's definitely a lot of it. A lot of the timeline part of the Bible came from um, my own prior work, working on my own, my own stories. Um, So, so there was that element. But, I, mean, I did kind of dictate some stuff, but people have asked for changes, and I'm I'm making them to help you know enable them to get the story they want to get written right. So um, one person made a request about one of Tony's past stepmothers. That was not a problem to put in. Um, which are we talking about? Is that crossing I'll tell lines? you in a minute, Edie. Um, but. It it was, I wanted to try, you know, 
I just had this moment where I was like going, I want to to try something a collaborative like experience like this again um, and try to mitigate the problems I've had with, with this kind of writing in the past and also to invite the writers that I'm around on social media all the time but that we don't often you know um, we don't we don't cross paths and challenges and stuff as much as I do some other writers so uh, I just, you know, I just wanted to have this experience with more writers who feel the same way about this character that I do. So that's what we decided to do. And it was just interesting to me that the first reaction that somebody had that was talking to me about this, who was not, who's not partic- going to be participating in it, was to remember how much I have expressed my dislike for Round Robins. And, um, and, and that, um, why am I changing my mind on that? <laughs> and the thing is, if I did change my mind on Round Robins, I haven't. But if I did change my mind about Round Robins, I mean, why would that be a problem? I just find that to be That's strange. your prerogative, right? But what I will say, yeah. I have a couple things, um, is that um, the relay thing is actually a very good experience for those of you who are interested in professional writing. And it kind of mirrors the experience that I recently had writing my story in The Merman for the Pleasure Club because I did get a series Bible that I had to follow and there were rules that I had to, you know, uh, locations and, you know, the format. I mean, there was a there was a selection of rules that I had to follow to be included in the Pleasure Club. Um, and by the way, that comes out on April 15th. Um, oh, cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be really fun. Um and I'm I I think you guys will be really happy with it. It's 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 sexy, and yeah, it's sexy. Um, but it is. Uh, so, it, <laughs> but there is a there there is a mirrored experience with this with this particular relay and professional works because you will be asked if you're working in professional fields, do you want to write in. Um, a series like this, or do you want to be a part of an anthology? Here is the theme. Here are the rules. And so getting some experience doing that is only to your benefit. Okay. So just well, a little uh, soapbox professional thing. So, okay, the tea lady thing. This is what happened, and it's my fault. Okay. So once upon a time, me and Lady Holder were very enamored with the Sherlock fandom, and we wanted to write a Sentinel fusion. And... We were on the phone with each other for, I don't know, probably 10 hours. Anyways, and we um, talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. And then um, she wrote a chapter, and she sent it to me. And I was like, okay. So I wrote a chapter and sent it back to her. (laughs) And I thought we had a plot, right, because we had talked about it, and there were notes on my end. And we were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm trying to keep up with her pantsing and I thought I was doing a pretty good job of it um but then I had this character no no it's no it really is my fault I had this character that I put in um for comic relief and um Mrs. Jacobs um and she kept leaving her teapot on and Sherlock would call her and tell her to turn her teapot off um I gave the fic back to um Lady Holder and she killed my tea lady. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> you can't kill my comic relief. <laughs> she had purpose. This wasn't on our list of dead bodies. Why is this an extra dead body here? <laughs> There's no natural cause deaths in the story. What? I freaked the fuck out. But it wasn't, it was, um, um, I, honestly, I don't think I prepared her to work with me on that level because I do have really diff- I I have um I am medicated for my obsessive compulsive disorder. It is and it is without medication I would be as bad as Monk. Did you guys ever watch Monk? Great show. Um very good show. Yeah. But when I was younger, I struggled the way he did. In in the show, um, and the only thing between me and that struggle is medication. So, um, and I think I actually do very well these days with my OCD. But I do have things, and one of those things is um, she hit it, and she didn't mean to, and it wasn't her fault. Um, and I just couldn't work on the sh- on the thing ever again. It was, just, and every time I opened it, I got deeply uncomfortable. And so finally, I had to tell her that I couldn't work on it anymore, and I, and I just gave it to her and said, "You do what you do, <laughs> and I'll be happy to beta it." <laughs> I just can't be. I just can't. I just it just, it just makes me psychologically uncomfortable. Um, and it's and, but, I had tried in the past to write with other people, and um, writing with a plotter is is okay. It's um. Often I have conflicts with other plotters about plot events um, and um, especially consequences and ramifications of decisions because I see those things like spread out 100 miles ahead of me and a lot of people don't. And so um, I've had um, other uh, writing companions get really frustrated with me for pointing out the very logical ramifications of their plot decisions. So I thought it really wouldn't be a problem because Lady Holder's a panther and I thought I could keep her, you know, no. I couldn't. And <laughs> I, I couldn't keep her um in 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 the box. I I couldn't even keep her um no, it was it was it was but it's not her fault. It's mine. I um and so, you know, so she's going to finish it, and I will beta it. And um, But we were almost done, and that's the sad part. We were like, I don't know, maybe 15K from being done. Um, but, it, but it really is my fault. I have this psychological quirk, and it just – she poked it without even trying. I mean, you know, and the thing is, is you don't know. I mean, it was someone who's lived with OCD all my life. I don't know what's going to poke me until it does. And honestly, it could have just been the day. If she had killed that character on any other day, it might not have bothered me. And that's the problem with having um, obsessive-compulsive disorder. You never know when something is going to um, to poke you. And just why I don't allow con- uh, I don't allow, allow nitpickers on my site because the last time I let somebody nitpick me on my site, I spent. 36 hours correcting a spelling mistake on a name in every single document on my computer that I could find. 
in that fandom. And it was Miko Kasanji's name because I wasn't spelling it the way it was in fandom because there are actually probably two characters, one named Miko and one named Dr. Kasanji, and fandom put them together. But there's an argument to be made that they're not actually the same person. And at the time, I was writing Miko as a separate person from Dr. Kasanji. Well, then I decided because I was tired of getting those things, I would just fix it. But then I spiraled. And I spent three days fixing it. Yeah. That kind but of I had thing. To fix it I got on every page on my site. Then I had to fix it in my stories. But then I had to fix it in my rough drafts of my stories. And then all the copies of the beta in my stories. And some of those stories had been beta by two or three different people. And so every time, like, if I opened a story, there would be like six or seven documents attached to that story with beta and rough drafts. And every single one of them would have to be corrected. It was terrible. And so that's why I don't allow nitpickers to, to nitpick me because it um because I have this, this, this quirk and I don't want to spend three days um doing something that is it it, it doesn't add to anything. Right? It it doesn't it, no. it, it nets it doesn't net you anything, it doesn't net anybody else anything. Um yeah, no. It's just what's the point? So, but yeah, I mean, so, but yeah, the 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 two lady thing is totally my fault. I'm a little crazy. And um I should have, you know, I mean, I should should have warned her in advance to be to tread carefully with that because I I, I have issues and I I didn't. <laughs> so, I really had to choose between working on that story and keeping my friend. And I'm always going to choose to keep my friend, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, you'll, yeah, you're never living down the tea lady, and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. And, <laughs> but you and the thing her. is, is that, <laughs> the thing is, is that, in in the vein of this, is that they they could, despite how they feel now, they might one day decide to try writing something again. And they shouldn't have to hear from a bunch of people about you guys are never going to write together again. <laughs> but, but that's exactly the way it would go, right? That's exactly what would happen. If they decided to try writing a short story again or collaborate on something, People would immediately write and go, I thought you guys were never going to write again after the whole tea daddy thing. And they're like, shut up. Um, well, since she's part of this um, relay, <laughs> and I'm in the relay, I'm sure people will be pointing out that, yes, Kira, I thought you were going to write with anybody else ever again. Well, it's different because and this is why I picked the relay spot. And this is terrible and selfish, and I don't care. I will totally admit it. I picked the relay spot because I get the final say. And that makes me very comfortable. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying. It makes me really comfortable um, to get the final say. And... um, it just it just makes me very comfortable, and so and that's really the only way I think I could actually participate in the relay um, is if I get the final say. Um, I <laughs> I can kill her character. 
like just rock falls. They all die. Tony lives happily ever after. <laughs> Is the relay like Fight Club? I think it actually should be. Yes. Don't but talk no, about Fight I Club. I do yeah. think that my comfort with the relays is because I do get the final say and I'm the last one and no one can come after me and contradict me. And in the end, I really only have to make Jilly happy since she's the beta for the whole project. <laughs> and not I mean, there are own horns. I'm actually pretty good at making Jilly happy. <laughs> she is. Um, yeah, there are there are some rules about things people can't do, like no graphic violence. I mean, on screen graphic violence, like no rape. Um, and they have to keep the wump to a minimum because the thing is, when you're doing a, a project like this, is everybody after you has to live with your decisions. So if you put Tony in the hospital in a coma, the next person has to deal with Tony in a coma, and that's just not fair. So we do have some guidelines about how far you're allowed to go with whatever you're going to do. Um, and, you know, the person who comes next in the relay has to read what happened before in the relay. And if, and the thing is we're, we're trying to set up a collaborative environment where you can go, look, would you mind tweaking this one de- detail so that Tony winds up in a different city at the end of your relay? And we're trying to, like, work with each other. So um, somebody – um, requested that I make a specific person a public official in my relay because I'm dealing a lot with the public officials, and that is absolutely no problem. So I'm I'm going to be changing that. Um, so it, it's designed to be kind of a, a positive, collaborative thing, but also allow people to be on their own and make their own decisions as long as they stay within the framework. That way I'm not trying to micromanage anybody else's project and um, – you know, everybody gets to write what they want. So it, it, I, I think it's going to be a very fun and kind of enlightening project, but it's just interesting to me that someone that I talked to's first reaction was, but why are you changing? Because I do that. <laughs> because I do that. Um, another thing that this was one of my oldest people that I've known fandom um, from like for like ages um, they made a comment to me, this is about, I want to say about a week ago, maybe a little longer. Um, and she said, I know she's been post- posting a lot of genfic. And I was like, okay. Um, I just kind of, I just kind of like said, okay. I, I didn't know, I didn't know if this was just an observation or what. And she says, I'm really surprised at that. I always feared you were as a pairing romance-centric writer. And, you know, I didn't think you would ever go over to doing genfic. And I was like, huh. Oh, she means your once our our once in its prompts. Yeah, but uh, sort of. Uh, there was something else I wrote that was a little bit longer. That was, I mean, basically, if found is Jen. I mean, yes, there's a slash pairing, but it's not at all central to the plot. John Rodney is the only real pairing in the story. Um, so, if found is basically Jen. Um, in its way, adaptable is sort of gen, although it, it hints at future pairing. Um, so I, it was just interesting that, that they were sort of. I, I think I think when the romantic pairing, I tend to think of like Jen as being like um, like Ao3's definition is that if the pairing is not central to the plot, that it's 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 gen, right? So 
Uh, I have been writing more of that. And a lot of the one sentence stuff, even though they're up to 5K, definitely have been Jen. Um, but it's not always easy to slap a pairing in in under 5,000 words. So um, I don't know. It was just that was the other thing that got me thinking about how people don't they react oddly to change. And it's sort of like not the reaction was not it's great that you're exploring new things or that you're trying different styles of writing or that you're finding a way to make shorter stories work for you by taking the romance element out. It was I didn't think you'd ever do that. You know, and it was set it was the, the whole tone of the whole thing was so disapproving that <laughs> it kind of put me off a little bit. I was like and I, I, I will admit, when I first got into fandom, I was not interested in reading Genfic at all. If it didn't have a pairing, I didn't pick it up. Um, but I also didn't read stories about sex in them when I first got into fandom. I have changed. I have evolved. So so you didn't read Genfic, but you didn't also read sex either? No, I didn't read not sex. If it didn't have sex oh, in it, I didn't oh, read it. Oh, oh. So, just, oh. just romance was not sufficient. It needed to have hardcore porn in it. That's how that's how I get to sex. <laughs> yeah, now I, I do. I have my own work. I'm like, ah, I've read this before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I read, I read, I think the last, easily the last, I mean, except for um, a story of yours recently, um, and you know which one, I I have skipped sex in like everything I've read recently. So, I mean, that's just. Well, it would be hard to skip I, sex in that one because there wasn't much but sex. <laughs> well, true, but also I couldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's just it's I have I I recognize that my reading tastes have changed. There are pairings that I. I, I read now that I wouldn't have ever read before. Um, I would used to be much more rigid about pairing than I am now. Um, I used to have OTPs. I did when I first got into fandom. And it's just people have often reacted, and I've seen this react really negatively when people change. And I will admit that I I sometimes kind of make a face when somebody makes a change too, but I don't. Ex- a, I don't express it, and B, I get over because I recognize that it's my own selfishness. Like when an author I really like branches out into a fandom I don't like, I have a big pout about it. I do, but I, it, it's really also none of my business. So I have been known to pout. Lady Holder writes in a fandom that I have never even seen the movie, and I can't make myself watch it. And I'm like, every time she posts something about it, I'm like, dude, <laughs> I've not even seen that movie. <laughs> I've also never watched Merlin. She's all about the Merlin. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> but it's her stuff, right? And so that's fine. She's not sorry. She's not sorry at all. And it's perfectly fine because she should not be sorry. Um, because that's like, I, I want her to be inspired and I want her to be excited about her writing, which means she has no business whatsoever catering to me or to anybody else. Um, because that's just not how that, that's just not how inspiration works, you know? So, yeah, you gotta, you gotta write what's in you to write. Um, you know, 
I I don't when I write stories, you know, I don't pick what I'm going to write based upon what I think my friends are going to want to read. That's just because you know I, I accept that there are things I'm going to put out there that people who even people who've read most of the things I've written are not going to read. Um, I did read like horror stuff. I just don't always understand it because I've never seen the movie, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> I can't put pictures with their faces. I'm making assumptions. I have to go to IMDb. <laughs> yeah, well, I I will admit there are some fandoms that I'm even with a even with an author I really enjoy that I'm very reluctant to pick up. This is and this is a, this is a thing in my own brain, is that if somebody writes an anime fandom and they don't fan cast it with actors I can put a face to, I can't read it because I just I can't I can't make that bridge to. Um reading about cartoon characters it it doesn't gel for me so i don't i mean the first either for that very reason i'm not into that the first the first the first time i read helsing somebody had fan cast and i didn't realize it was an anime thing somebody had fan cast all the characters right so i see cast pictures and i'm assuming that i had no idea this was an anime fandom and i really enjoyed the story that i read um, and then I go look, and then I realized I found out this is an anime fandom, and I was able to kind of keep reading in the fandom. I didn't, I didn't enjoy the fandom enough to like become like a primary fandom for me, but I did. In you know, with an author I liked, I wouldn't hesitate to read Helsing because I had that visual in my head of who these people were. Uh, but when I pick up something and like an author I like, and they and and it's just got a bunch of pictures of cartoon characters, I just I can't get there. I admire the imagination of people who can, but it, it isn't me. So, um, and maybe I'll change there someday, and someone will have heard this podcast, and they'll send me an email and said, I thought you couldn't read, read stories where there wasn't a fan cast. It's like, bleh. Why do you, why do you, are you that bored that you commit this shit to memory? Really? <laughs> you need to get out I don't more. get it. Let's talk, let's talk about that. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if actually it's the the big name fan thing um, or or what because I read I read this really great um, essay about being a big name fan um, and how um, they talked about how you weren't allowed um, to um, God someone find that awesome essay because uh, it was really great it was about how you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. Um, and um, how you weren't allowed to hang out with other big name fans because it's lucky you were in a clique, and da da da. It just went on and on and on. And then she ended with, it's a, she said, and you can trust me, I'm a big name fan. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I can't, I, I can't hang out with you, and I apparently can't trust you. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was great because it uh, sometimes. Like, early on, when I um, first moved from WordPress to my own hosted site, and I had my own chat room on my website, if coming into my chat room got kind of stressful because people would be like, well, why are you in here? Like, I own this shit, people. I can be in my own chat room. But <laughs> I thought it was for us. Here? What are you doing here? <laughs> They didn't know how to interact with me, and it was really weird. It's also really weird when someone gets excited 
when I contact them. I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, I, baby, I'm not famous. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Have some chill. <laughs> Although I'm also the same person that every time um, this one particular uh, who I can only call a BNF uh, comments on my site, I lose my chill. <laughs> I know who she's talking about. She does. <laughs> but you're no better because you're like, oh, my God, no. she commented on my site. <laughs> it was weird. It was Well, because I've never seen her on my site before. So I was like, what? Um <laughs> Yeah. Then she came and told me immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, one of my favorite authors in the NCIS fandom has been, like, reading everything on my site recently. Because I've been getting, like, the little like notifications. And it's, like, making me nervous. <laughs> Disconcerting, right? It's like, why is she reading all my shit? And then I go, why hasn't she read it before? <laughs> why, hasn't she, why isn't she commenting? Does she hate it? Is that like pity? Okay, okay, the first time Dances with Gary commented on one of my fics, I had a complete meltdown. I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking lost it. <laughs> one of my favorite SGA writers is Tarlin. And um, uh, just. They're, 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 you know, the thing is, I actually would, I actually love it when authors I really like read my stuff and they enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, could you like send me an alert that you're going to come visit my site so that I can, I don't know, like mentally prepare myself. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It, it's just, but it can be with, you know, a little bit. So I understand, I understand it. It's just at the same time, you know, I try not to ever fangirl on anybody. Um, yeah. Um, it, if Lady Raw came to my site, I'd probably have to take a. I I have to take a nap or something. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to deal with myself. I'd have to. Nope. <laughs> Can't. Can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I I I I'd need I'd need like you know some smelling salts or something. Um. So yeah, I I get it. And I also sometimes, like, I commented on somebody's stuff on AO3, and she emailed me and thanked me for reading her stuff. But then she asked me not to read her work in progress because it would make her really nervous if she knew I was reading it. So I promised her I wouldn't read her work in progress. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had already read her work in progress, but I didn't go back and read it anymore until she was finished. <laughs> I'd be all, I don't read that many works in progress, so you're probably okay. Um. But we got to give people room to evolve. Otherwise, we're all just going to be little fandom caricatures that are in our little boxes, and we're not allowed to um, to step outside and do new things. And can you imagine how awful it would be if people didn't do new things? It would be terrible. It would be uh, – the, the world would be – I mean, just kind of like the first part of Pleasantville. <laughs> so if if people didn't change, if they didn't change, I would still be writing X Files, and there would be none of the stuff that's on my site would be there. 
because that's where I started was with the X-Files, right? So I would still be off writing that. And not that I, but the thing is I actually, what would have actually probably happened is I would have stopped writing fan fiction altogether. Because I think sometimes you do eventually kind of, you know, there's a lot on the fandom writing in it. Um, or the fandom kind of just sort of fades away. And I do think the X-Files has kind of faded away as a fandom. And I'm glad the works are still there, but it is not really, as far as I can tell, an active segment of fandom anymore. Um, and and then my next fandom um, that I probably could have got, stayed in, and kind of gotten comfortable and dug in like a little tick um, was Sentinel. But they scared me. And I'm delicate, so I ran away. <laughs> they were mean to me. <laughs> well, we they were that mean before. to you. The Sentinel fandom was mean to me. Oh, so, uh, no. But I probably would have stayed in the Sentinel for a long time, too, actually, if I hadn't gotten so much crap, because I really liked the pairing of Jim and Blair, and... I actually have like 10 works in progress for that pairing that I just don't work on because of the way the fandom reacted to me and the awakening. And I'm like, you know, I thought the awakening was awesome. I'm really proud of my work with the awakening, but um, it just wasn't what a small portion of that fandom wanted. And they were very vocal. And how unwelcome they thought I um, was in their fandom. I like to think I played a part in making the Sentinel AU trope bigger. <laughs> I do think you played a part, you know, through especially through the Little Black Dress Challenge because, yeah. you know, I mean, I've, I've talked to people who had never heard of Sentinel Guide AUs. Even though they were out there, they weren't like a ubiquitous trope um, to their way of thinking. But it's like they invaded every fandom. So... And then it's kind of hysterical that people who um, think who watch the show think they get to lecture people on what what the Sentinel Guide AU trope is about. And it's like you do realize the Sentinel Guide AU trope has absolutely nothing to do with the show at all because that it, didn't it happen com- on the show. Just none of that happened. Did that, did that heifer respond to us on Ao3? Not How the wrong place to have this conversation. Yeah, but after mm-hmm. after the author after the author of the story told them off, they didn't come back. So, um, uh, you know, right? But they I, were I, very I, upset that I made Blair strong and um, powerful in his own right, um, and that my characterization. They said my characterization of Blair did not fit the fandom norm. And that I didn't deserve to win all those awards that I won. Which is just, like, fuck them. And the thing is, this is what happens, is there are often, there are people, I would say the majority of the people in the Sentinel fandom would have loved Kira's story or loved it, um, would have wanted to read more, appreciate the fact of all the Sentinel Guide AUs that are out there now because she hosts the Little Black Dress Challenge, what, three times? Um but there's a vocal. We should do it again next vocal, summer. Yeah. What happens is there's a vocal minority in fandoms. 
that are loud, they're obnoxious, and they like to um, stir up shit behind the scenes. And they even stir up and they influence people who have nothing to do, um, who, who, wouldn't, who wouldn't otherwise be involved in this stuff, right? Like they whisper little things, like little whisper campaigns going on in the background. And you ask them, like, why are you upset with this person? Why do you think this author is awful? Well, I heard they're awful. Heard it from who? Because I see nothing in their public profile that matches what you're saying. Um, there are a couple people in what, a fandom I'm involved in now who have an epic hate on for me, and I don't know why. I don't the know CIS? why. Because, yes. Um, it just, I'll it tell just you doesn't... why. Okay. Let me, let me tell you why. The NCIS fandom as a whole, there are some very talented writers in NCIS, but as a whole, there are a lot of immature writers in NCIS. Um, They have uh, a lot of petty arguments over pairings, and they have fandom, they have pairing wars. Um, Here's the thing about you, Jillian. You busted into the NCIS fandom with a huge, original, interesting AU um, that blew 85, 90% of the fandom out of the water. You dropped down into a small, immature pond, a full-grown shark, or maybe in your case, a full-grown dragon, (laughs) and they don't know how to deal with it. And there are people in that fandom who look at someone who comes into their fandom. And I think this might have happened a little bit with me in the Sentinel, although there were some fucking really talented people in the Sentinel. But there were also that group of people who had a certain expectations um, that they had pressed on writers for so long and, and got their way that when they encountered someone who didn't fit their mold and wasn't about to fit their mold, they reacted badly. But in your case, I think it's just because you're a shark in a small pond. Sounds confining. <laughs> yeah. We'll build you a canal. Well, um, or you built your own, actually. But that's what, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and one of the authors who really can't stand me for whatever reason, and she's just me very publicly, um, um, she, um, I would say she's one of the better writers in the fandom, which is weird. It's like, I mean, I, I'm just like, I, I think her writing style is, I think she's got a lot of talent, but, man, she can't stand me. It's, I, and I'm like, oh. and the thing is, I can almost sometimes feel this whisper campaign going on that I feel like she's in the middle of it, but I don't, I don't know for sure. That could be like paranoia, but I've talked to some people, um, have said some really snarky things to me, or there was one person that I was talking to on a fairly regular basis um, that out of the blue stopped talking to me. I mean, just out of the blue. And the only place that we had in common was with this one writer who I know doesn't like me. And the thing is, I haven't said or done anything to anybody. I try to be polite online as much as possible. I'm not. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I have to be super polite to people who are assholes in my own space. 
Um, but even the people that I'm not polite to, I'm not like abusive to. So uh, that was my first pick in the NCIS fandom was Emergence. Yes. Um, well, the fact of the matter is, is the Emergence when it uh, and I talked about this before when it landed on Rough Trade, I was like, who is this bitch? Because I will be perfectly honest, at that point, there was no one on Rough Trade outperforming me when it came to hits and comments until Julie came along. And I was like, look at this heifer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a, I, I wasn't mad. Um, I was just like, look at her go. And I got really challenged, and that was great. I, I, I needed to be challenged. Um, but I do think that uh, when you... When you throw a thick out there, like Emergence, into um, into a fandom like NCIS that has a lot of drama built in and a lot of um, immature writers, um, and then you have a select group of really talented writers who, who sit on top of it, and you come up and displace that, but you kind of fuck up that power balance that uh, it creates jealousy and um, inappropriate irritation and anger. I mean, I think this, I think the story I wrote that was the most transformative in, of my work in the fandom that I think is influenced. Um, um, I think it's influenced people, in, in uh, even outside of the NCIS fandom, it's influenced people. Is I, I would almost say of of the NCIS works I've written that have had the most impact, I would say it's it found. Um, it's not my longest. It hasn't got the most comments on my site, but um, I would say that I would uh, my, just from my observation, the comments and stuff, and the things I see that have come about as after I wrote that. I would say it's been the most influential thing I wrote. Because if I if, if it was emergence was the most influential, there'd be a lot more fix out there with dragons of them. Um so um but I mean I somebody somebody told me at one point they said that they didn't understand the popularity. This was way back when when I first published it. Um was it was it emergence was gimmicky, and that that's why it was so popular it was because it was gimmicky, and I just kind of like rolled my eyes and moved on. And um, someone told me early on in like in between like I was I think I just started posting ties at Vine that I was overrated. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah I've gotten that too. Um, I got emergence. I, I laughed. I was like, okay, whatever, honey. Whatever. I don't care what you think. I don't. I don't know where the ratings are kept, but I'm sure I'm doing fine. Um, but the um, emergence. I mean, emergence was my first story back in writing fan fiction in a long time. I mean, it, I took a really long break from writing fanfic, and um, emergence was was the first story back. And I was. So I would say that of. I I love the story, but of my writing that is on my site now, I think it's the weakest. Um, even though I think it's got really good world building. The plot building. points you want to change. Huh? 
That's because when you look at it, all you see is what you want to change. Yeah, um, it's because I, it's because if I look at it from a craft perspective, I would break that up into three novels instead of one monster epic. Um, it might even have done better as a series, um, but or at least novellas um, over a series of novellas uh, over one epic novel. Um, I think I would simplify a couple of the world building points. And so I see what I want to change, and I see that of everything on my site that I would edit, that it would be the most work to edit, and therefore I think it's the most flawed. Now, um, am I going to change it? No, because I actually don't do that. I don't – I would if, if I really, really wanted to, I would go back and change a story. But I don't tend to want to spend a lot of time revisiting something that I've already written. Um, that I do like the way it is as well, but that I see the most potential for it to be better than it is. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, it's funny because it, popularity is a funny thing because when, when that story was on AO3, it was by far the most popular story I had, but it was also the oldest story. Um, based on bookmarks as opposed to to hits or kudos or anything of that measure based on bookmarks, which I think is a more interesting measure of a story's popularity. It's how many people want a bookmark it to come back to. Journey Home was the most popular story I wrote. Um, but on my site, based on hits, the most popular story is All Your Reasons. Based on comments, the most popular story is Adaptable. So you know, you just, there's just like, I love adaptable. What, what, <laughs> I too. And it, what's funny about adaptable is it, it does, I do everything adaptable you shouldn't do, right? It's like 10,000 words of tell. Um, but you can do that. You can like break that show, not the, the, the show, not tell rule. If, if you know the rule, right? It's one of those things like you have to know the rule to break the rule and you know when you have to cut it off. You can't do 50,000 words and tell. So, um, I think, I think that if story, someone hates you for no reason, that it boils down to jealousy. I, I would have to think that because they don't know me, right? They don't know me. And I know that I've made a concerted effort in public, in, in, in actually any space that is about fandom, to be pleasant and be polite to people and to treat people respectfully. Um, so... I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I can only, I can only assume that, that it would have to be that they, that you're doing that whole. They're calling it I'm overrated, or that I'm popular for no reason, or that there are other authors who. Somebody told me this once that there are other authors who worked, worked harder, quote unquote, um, worked harder to get where they are. That I don't deserve the popularity I have, and I'm like, I don't even understand that because how do you know how hard I worked? I don't even understand that assessment, but whatever. But basically what they're saying is that everybody who likes what I write is wrong for liking it. <laughs> they're trying to turn that around <laughs> on me. But really, folks, they're talking about you. If you like my stories, you're apparently wrong. So, yeah, I don't know. I know, I know authors. I mean, there are um, – I don't know. It's just it's just a crazy it's a crazy thing. It's a really crazy thing. But you know what? There is that segment of authors um in 
in fandom who think readers are currency, who treat and um, who who seek to be fandom famous. And you know what? I'm gonna be perfectly be perfectly frank and honest about this. Um, being fandom famous has zero value. None. Not a. It's. It means nothing. Being a BNF means nothing. It doesn't get you anywhere. It didn't get me published. I got me published long before I was ever a BNF. <laughs> it remains the stupidest thing ever. The first time that it ha- for the first time I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And then someone told me what that means. That is absolutely not true, Lady Holder. Oh, well, maybe that part's true. But you got yourself published. I might have dared you and braided you into it, but you got yourself published. But with her awesomeness, yes, she did. Being a BNF, I—it's just so dumb. It's just a dumb concept, and I—you know—I don't want to insult any anybody who who takes that shit seriously. That's not my issue. I don't. I don't take it seriously at all because it's—it's not a thing. It is—it is not reality, and it just—it's—it's um, it's so dumb. I—I I just I can't. I. I, I I'm never going to respect it for what people think it is. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's dumb. And, and, and the thing is, is that, um, well, actually somebody told me, um, that somebody, comp- I guess that they, they hadn't read my work when it was on AO3. And so they made a point of telling me that, um, I was never going to increase my readership if I didn't get off a private website. Um, I honestly, and the, see, this is the thing, is I honestly don't care because I'm happy to have the people who enjoy my work, the ones who enjoy it now read it, and if no one else outside of that group ever reads it, that's fine. Um, this is not like, and the, reason, the thing is, it's because I recognize that it is not actual currency. People reading my work is not actual currency. I love hearing from my readers. I like chatting with people in chats. I like running across other authors. I like the whole fandom experience or I wouldn't do it. But it's not like I published a novel that I'm trying to market and that I need to be in the right groups and talking about my novel. This is not that. This is a hobby. You know, this is a hobby. And... um, And so I, it doesn't matter where I put my stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And actually, that was a point of growth for me, was recognizing that I didn't have to go with the fandom convention of being on a big archive. Now, I might. That doesn't mean I wouldn't ever go back to AO3, because there's a solid chance if I decided to stop writing fan fiction, I would put my work back on AO3 and archive it. So I would do you that. Know, this whole, in this whole vein of change is that there are reasons why we make the changes that we make. Um, My choice to be on AO3 is about their content. 
um, I don't want to be I don't want to be there with what's there. But if I was done with fandom, um, I would leave my work behind there because that would be for my readers, not for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I and we have some authors who um in in working with us on on Discord who are very prolific in their fandom. They're w- very well known. Um they're very creative um in in their outlook on what they write. And and the thing is I know that whatever grief I'm getting that these people are getting that same grief and that's really terrible. That's really terrible that they can't step outside the box or the pairing or whatever and not get comments like, oh, I wish you would just stick with writing Tony with so-and-so. Um, oh, suck my dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'll be more um, than happy to buy one just for you to suck. But you know what? <clears throat> I someone said up there earlier about um leveraging um your your fandom uh street cred. That's not, not what they said, to create communities. And I think that if anything, um my how did fan lord my latter day BNF status Latter day S <laughs> Latter day you're latter day S G A author. That's, That's what you. I am, yes. Ask me. Um did allow me to create, um, to gather people for rough trade. Um, and it, it, it did, uh, allow me to kind of collect people who are entertaining and fun to be around. And for that, for that vein, it's awesome. It's awesome that, um, that putting my writing online allowed me to collect, um, to make friends and um, to create rough trade and to have this really awesome writing experience on rough trade and to have wild hair and to have our our spaces expanding on Discord, it's really awesome. And if that's what I got out of that, then thank you. Great. I'm a BNF. Whatever. <laughs> because that's the part that 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 matters. Everything else is just what it is. It's it's not. It's yeah, just, absolutely. It, I, it, I love my cult of cock worshippers. It everything else is just a contrivance of fandom. Um, it's stuff that fandom has said that you should value, but that's it's all it's all made up. It's all agreement reality, and you don't have to buy into it. But I feel like, yeah, I made rough trade. I made rough trade. I I, I sculpted that and and created something there. And we're doing it again with Quantum Bang, and that is really exciting. That is fun. Yes, that's the kind of thing that we're like, yes, just check this out. That's just great. And um, and and the and the and the uh, the writing server too, because um, I really think there are a bunch of people who are going to cross the finish line on the Quantum Bang. Who, because of those friends, and um, 
I have to. The fact I have that we to had shout twenty-five. Out. Do it. what? What? Yeah, five. Twenty. Twenty-five people. Now I have to give a shout out to um, Dark Jedi Queen on the whole server thing. She's um, she she got voluntold about being a server admin on Just Right. <laughs> Totally got involved. I honestly, I don't think I even asked. I think I just made her a server admin. <laughs> Come help us, please. Come make our stuff look I, nice. I never said anything about it, but I didn't know anything about Discord. I didn't. I'd never done writing sprints in my life. I'd done writing marathons, but I hadn't done what people called sprints. Really, were marathons. It's like sit down and write for twelve hours. Um, I did do like a twelve-hour one once. Literally twelve hours of solid writing, and I, I supported someone with food and water um, through a 36-hour writing marathon. Um, but um, That's a whole lot of notes right there. And, we, and the thing is, we had several things that were coming together at the same time, which was that we needed a new chat server. We needed um, – I, I wanted to try doing a virtual write-in, and Kira was, was really supportive of us figuring out how to do that and where we would do it and what it would look like. And we are kind of talking about it, and um, uh, Becca stepped up and said, you know, you, Discord's really good for this, and this is the kinds of things you could do. And then I went off and made a server and just started volunteering her to do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> And um, then I made a server for right the podcast in. and made Jillian admin because I had no idea what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. like, Here you go. So do something with that. I mean, sometimes it's like the right person comes along at the right time to help you get stuff done, and um, she really kicked off us doing the writing sprints, which has been. And I'm really grateful to her because of it's really been really. It's made a difference in my writing. It's made a difference. It's not just in my own writing, but in my writing community, because I feel like my writing community is bigger and richer now than it was before. Um, so, you know, I mean, that was just that was just a really powerful evolution in the way it's, the way my writing has gone. And there are a lot of people who were contemplating dropping out of the QB who actually finished their rough draft on time because they went in and did writing sprints. So this is how this kind of stuff kind of evolves and how you, it, things happen. And now we're working on a new evolution of stuff with trying to do these FIC relays. And if you have an idea for a relay, I don't own the idea of a FIC relay. Um, if, you have, if, if, if you want to try doing your own, coming up with your own idea in the fandom that you like or who who your unicorn character is, you know, go off and do it. Um, If you want to wait a little bit, I will be happy to share our experiences with you. Um, We'll probably get the whole crew um, who participate to, um, you know, like comment on a post or something with what it was like and how they they if, if those who want to of course we don't we don't do we don't compel people to do stuff. Um, Speak for yourself. Because, <laughs> yeah, we we don't compel them. We volunteered them. It's it's different. Right, that's better. It's different. Um, yeah, I had angelic insanity down as an as a mod in the documentation before I ever asked her. 
mean, if she'd have said no, I, if she'd have said no, I'd have taken it out because, you know, I'm not that kind of asshole. But What's that quote about it's better yes. to... Um, uh, it's, it's, it's better to, to apologize. Yeah, better to ask for forgive. Easier to easier to ask for forgiveness than get permission or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had plans. Yeah. So we yeah. So we're making plans, and I was like, I gotta I gotta go talk to Angelic Insanity and say and. I already, I'm already way down deep in the plans, and I haven't asked anybody yet. <laughs> Except I was talking to Becca and Kira about it. So, um, and I'm like, we're sitting there putting people down for what? For oh, they're going to do this relay. <laughs> I was like, I better check. She's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was her proxy. That's my yes, story. Proxy. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had any problems with Discord. It's been super stable. Um, I had well, I had a glitch one day where go back I, it didn't matter how much. Huh? It's fun to go back and read conversations after the fact. Yeah. I'm sure whoever got up this morning to read what was going on with the unicorn relay was thinking we were all drunk last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were I having a good time. You were drunk, but I did wonder. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, uh, I'm. Mm. But I was there for some of that, you know, because I didn't go to bed till late, so. Yeah, Angelic Insanity was the first one, I think, to get up and read the crazy this morning. Um was like, <laughs> 384 messages? Wow. We were definitely a little punch drunk last night. Tired, that's punch drunk for me is when I'm tired drunk, you know. Um But yeah, what we'll try to do is pin any important posts. <laughs> One so, thing I, yeah. I will say is that if you have your own private server and you do private chats or whatever and you're sharing files, I highly recommend that you actually pin the files so they're easier to find. And if you only pin files, it'll be easy to find your files. Because one thing, you know, in Messenger with Facebook, they have a little section where all the files are that you can, like, browse through the files that you save, well, um, that, you've, that you've been sent. Well, Discord doesn't have that, but if you use the pen system to only save files that you receive, like from your beta or um, from your little writing group or whatever, um, then you can um, you, you'll be able to find you'll you'll have a little section of files to look through. Yeah, so. you can do a search in the group for any files in the group, but that's a little bit cumbersome. Um, and also it would like, you can go back and like, if I update a version of a file, I can go back and remove the pin from the older version of it so that people only see what's more current. Whereas the, um, whereas the searching for files would get you everything, but yeah, what, so, and get people are welcome to do that on the right server is to create, um, Groups we can help. I can, you know, the server admin have to help you set up a group for your your writing challenge that only your participants can get into. So that's what we did. We're calling it the Unicorn Writing Relay, um, and um, because he's a unicorn. 
Because, yeah, well, that's cause, well that's... I called it that because that's what Angelic Insanity named the group. He is my unicorn, um, but, but she, she named the group um, a unicorn named Tony Dinozo. Um, so I called it the Unicorn Writing Relay is what I called it. And so um, I created a permissions group called Unicorns, and then those are the, those are the only people who can get into the, the chat for where we're discussing how this, the story is going to go. Um, it is going to be multi-fandom fabulous. So Yeah, if it, it was on AL3, like it would have like 20,000 fandoms on it. I'm just kidding. Not, not that many, but it would be close. <laughs> so it's just but all the fandoms. That is all of these things that are happening that have happened recently or over the years or are all about people embracing change and trying new things. Can you imagine if Kira had gotten the bee in her bonnet or the bug up her butt so badly that she wouldn't write Sentinel stuff? We wouldn't have done the Little Black Dress Challenge. Three times, four next year. I already put it on our thing. July 2020, we're doing a Little Black Dress. Two 15K stories. Done deal. I'll probably... I may even wear a little black dress the whole the whole summer. <laughs> but it'll be hot. Yeah, it would be hot. Um, yeah. Little black, a little uh, black dress. Explain. A little black dress in um, in fandom is like it's caught the fandom bicycle um, that that you can make practically anything a Sentinel AU. So um, a little, little black dress challenge on Rough Trade is about the Sentinel, Sentinel God AU. Um, Sentinel and guides are known. Um, and it's, you join the challenge, and your challenge is to write two 15K stories about Sentinels and guides, crossing over with a fandom of your choice. I've done Harry Potter. I've done Hawaii Five-0. I've done Star Trek. Um, In fact, if you go over to my site and you click on the Sentinel fandom in my fan fiction list, the only story that's not a little black dress is um, The Awakening. The rest of my Sentinel crossovers, well, yeah, but in Sentinels of Atlantis, but that wouldn't show up in the Sentinel menu. All those ones are um, Sentinel Guide. Um, and... Uh, Actually, it's funny. I had it when I first joined Rough Trade. My like my profile. One of the things I said was that the only truism in fandom is that you could you can fuse the Sentinel with anything. And I got into conversations with people about that. Well, because people, most people agree with me because you can you can fuse the Sentinel guy to anything. But then someone decided this was I think this was my first Rough Trade because I was doing a riff. The the whole emergence thing is a riff on the Sentinel guide thing. It's just dragons instead of Sentinels and guides. But whatever. Anyway. So I got a conversation with people about it, about, well, what about this? And we were like, I mean, it pained me, but we went through and we did Sentinel and Guide stuff in any fandom somebody would come up with. And I distinctly remember somebody asking me, what about Teletubbies and My Little Pony? I'm like, yes, of course. Yes, of course. You can do Sentinels and Guides. And I think that I said that Tinky Winky was a Sentinel. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the way that shook out. I don't know. It was weird, um, but I mean, you wouldn't want to write it. Care Bears, if that's Grumpy Bears, is definitely a sentinel. Grumpy Bear is definitely a sentinel. Yes, I agree. To dump Grumpy Bear is definitely 
a Sentinel. I, I mean, really, you can. There's no reason if that's your fandom that you couldn't write the Sentinel and Guy, which is why we call it the Little Black Dress of Fandom. Um, is you can put it in anything. You may not. It may not be a good idea, but you could. The world building works with anything, I think. So, um, yeah. Twilight Princess was a guide. The Sentinel was Godzilla. Now that's creative. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad it was G-rated. You just broke my brain. But yeah, so we've done three of those. We did one in, um, let's see. We did our first little black dress in July of 2015. Then we did it again in, in July of 2016. And then we did it in July of 2018. So in 2017, we did the Battle of the Five Fandoms, um, but um, and we had to do uh, 15k episodes, and that was whew, that was pretty pretty hefty. Um, so, but this year we're doing the real end in July, where you have to take a movie and uh, give it a better ending. Or just a different ending, and it doesn't have to necessarily be better. I mean, you don't. That's something people were kind of uh, confused about. So we can talk about it a little bit here. You don't have to pick a movie that had a bad ending. You could just pick a movie that you didn't like the ending, whether it's good or bad, where everybody was happy and you didn't want them to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want to write, retell the ending of Aliens. Um, where the cat dies, you could, but it would hurt my feelings. <laughs> and if you wanted to tell the end of retell the end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, um, such that they don't release a bunch of dinosaurs in the Northern California, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, they seem to think that was a good better. ending. I am. I was living in Northern California at the time. I wasn't happy. When it comes to um, out where the ending of your movie begins and where your story begins, that depends entirely on you. But you do have to keep in mind that you have a word count maximum. Is it 20K? I think it's 25. 25? It's 15 to um, 25K. So the further you go back in your in your ending, um, the more you have to account for in your... Um, not necessarily. I had a conversation with somebody recently, and it's like the ending that they wanted to write. They said, well, how much of the, the rest of the story do I have to retell? I said, well, not much, because your new ending just obliterated everything. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's a matter of you've got to get to, like, the minimum word count, but you, what? there's no canon events for you to account for at this point. You just wiped everything out. So, you know, um, that's a factor that it has to be. You know, if you if you if your new ending starts in the middle, but you your change um, makes none of the rest of the events significant, well, then you don't have to account for all. You don't have to write through all those events. I just it's. Uh, it, it's an approach. 
So I'm doing um, Aliens, which is the second in the trilogy, um, the second movie of the two movies that exist in my mind. Um, <laughs> that, that's all that exists of the two Alien movies. I'm picking part two. Um, and I am perfectly aware that there are like six of those fucking movies or whatever it is. I'm aware of all the sequels. I've even watched all the sequels. I just don't think they're canon. Okay? Okay? That's right. They're fan fiction. They're fan. They're they're a, a somewhat transformative work of the first two. For fuck's sake! And I'm also doing the Terminator because it's my goal this summer to save Michael Biehn. <laughs> She's doing. I am going to do one of the second movie, the second Hobbit movie, and I am going to do Chronicles of Riddick. That's my plan right now. I could still be in a snit about something MCU related by the summer and um, feel the need to, you know. But I'm trying not to be because right now I'm definitely doing MCU. I've just written a fuck ton of MCU this month, and I'm doing MCU in April. And the plan at the moment is to do MCU in November. So I'm hoping to not be in a, still in, a, in a, having a mood this summer and writing MCU again. Not that I didn't have a ton of fun with all of the MCU shorts we've done, especially the last one. I really enjoyed my Betty prompts. I was like, um, but really my main goal was to make sure that Natasha never gets her hands on Bruce because no. Betty coming back solves that problem nicely. Um, And I'm in love with my fan casting for Betty. I'm in love with it. I I'll never too. see I anybody else. It. I she Love. she fan. I saw that I saw her art, and I said, "Can I steal your cast fan casting, please? That's amazing." <laughs> and now I feel like I need to give Tony Stark a kitten, though, because I didn't like mean to incept myself with that, but I did. Um, a very fluffy calico kitten, because that's my favorite kind. Now, I will say it was interesting. I think if I had stuck with my original approach to my original approach to that prompt that we did, that we posted yesterday, the Betty prompt, it was very similar to yours with Betty showing up at the at the mansion, and I just mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't vibing for me, um, and so I switched it up to write it from Tony's point of view. And um, have her have them be very close to right after the invasion, and that that it, they'd still be in the middle of the zone by themselves. But anyway, um, and I'm it's one of those times where I was like, wow, I'm really glad that I changed that up because I liked yours so much that if I had stuck with that same vibe, I'd have probably been all, oh, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still mad about the whole McKay was already online thing? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I still am going to sit about that. I was like, (laughs) I agonized over that. I mean, I went to, I was working on that prompt, the the Sentinel Guide SGA prompt. I was working on that prompt, and I should have been able to finish it, because usually I sit down to work on a prompt, I finish it. Um, 
And I couldn't. I was so stumped. Uh, and this is what happens when I pants world building, is that the ramifications of um, that just really, I couldn't quite get around this this feeling like that he was like being compelled and and then I read and so I I was I told Kira I'm not going to read yours until I sort my shit out so I um I came up I came up with a solution that, you know, I get into bed this is what happens I get into bed or I get in the shower or I'm doing something like driving where I absolutely cannot <laughs> take notes and the answer came to me and um and I got up the next morning and I, and I banged it out finished it and um then I read Kira's story, and I had the biggest fit. I had the biggest tantrum because it was like, well, of course he was online already. Jesus, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I, I wanted so to tell you when, when you were going through it in the chat, I wanted to tell you, but then I thought, well, no, that's not fair because um, that the, the whole point is for us to approach it from different angles and, you know, work it out. Um because we're practicing for November when we work from the same prompt in November. Um, and so I was just like, oh, it was so difficult for me not to tell you what I did. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was like, I, but I just had this so, I was like, I can't believe I didn't see that. I can't believe I didn't see that. So I went through every option I could think of. And that was like the one thing that didn't occur to me. <laughs> and it's so elegant. It would have been so simple. But um, I was glad because I, I asked, here I said please tell me if there's any vibe of of what I was worried about left in this and she said that there wasn't so I was like okay then we're good to go someone posted a really tempting link in the in the podcast I I I I, I see that I'm <laughs> I'm, and I've I've read this author before. I just didn't. I've never read this story, so I'm okay. I can't be distracted by that right now. But I <laughs> I opened I it. I was like, mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> I, I I almost wish I hadn't because visually I was like, oh, look and at I'm, the art. Oh, I was like, oh, oh. oh. I oh. I'm going back. I'm going back to. Um, the chat. Let's go back to the podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You should to, be sorry. Get in the corner. <laughs> get get the in the corner. Um. Tra la la la. Yeah. I, I mean that rebooted my brain. It did. Yeah. My, my, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm not even. I'm like. I'm. What were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, in, in the vein of change, if you want to try new things, you should do it. You should don't. I I actually was talking to someone about the QB stuff, uh, or maybe it wasn't QB. Maybe it was about something rough trade related. Anyway, they were worried about putting their readers off with a with with something they wanted to do, and um, you know, I I I, I of course handled that much more delicately than I'm about to say to you guys. But fuck that shit. Do what you want to do. If your readers don't like it, just delete their fucking comments because this is about – your writing is about you. It is, it is intensely personal. Your creativity is, is very precious, and you should do what makes you happy. And if you want to explore a fandom or a pairing or whatever, I mean, 
You should do it. Nobody, I don't think anybody in the NCIS fandom thinks twice anymore about people stepping outside of the Tony Gibbs or the Tony Ziva box, right? Those are the two big ships, Tony Gibbs and Tony Ziva. Um, nobody thinks, but it used to be that people would kind of side-eye you if you weren't writing, you know, if you were a slash writer and you weren't writing Tony Gibbs. It was like, well, what are you doing? And then there were a few people who started writing Tony other people because they weren't digging the way the show was going, right? And, I mean, bully for them for stepping outside of that box because I, I have to tell you, the first, the first um, I think the first non-Tony Gibbs pairing I read was Tony Steve McGarrett, I think. Hmm, I could be wrong about that. But I remember, I remember picking up Shade Shifter's story, and it was something she is in her author note. I think she says that she'd had it written for a while but hadn't posted it, and that she was stunned that the pairing didn't exist already because the tag didn't exist, um, that she was stunned because they're in the same universe. And I was like, oh, well, I hadn't thought of that at all. And I did know they were in the same universe. And I'm sitting there scratching my head going, how come nobody's writing this pairing? And I start reading, and I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Why is nobody is... writing this fucking pairing? Oh my god! Yes, yes. And then a couple other there. The, I think there were three authors who kind of wrote it fairly early on. Tiptoe Twirl and Gibbs and Tony's Babe all at and Shade Shifter all were like they were the three for a long time. It was three Tony, Tony Steve McGarrett stories. They were just like like hanging out there. This little pot of three, three all three good stories, and um. And there, and then, and then Shade Shifter also wrote Tony Aaron Hotchner, um, also a very good story. Shade Shifter's just can't go wrong with, with Shifty's writing. And um, these people who first start breaking outside of that pairing mold, and now I would say the majority of the NCIS writers that I interact with write at least one or two Tony somebody else pairings. Um, and I and nobody thinks twice about it now. But the thing is, somebody people have to be willing to step outside of that fandom box, right? And it can be hard to be the first person who does that in your circle or in your fandom or whatever. But you should definitely go with where you're inspired. I see um, the Tony Squared pairing is is catching on. Um, I I'm a, I definitely didn't write this one first. I actually stayed away from it for a long time um, because the the, the two Tony thing drives me fucking nuts. Um, but I was so intrigued by it that I decided to write it, um, and that's because somebody else wrote it, and I'm reading one now um, that I think I think it's Tony Squared. Um, but I've been really jazzed about it so far. And um I like uh I like Tony Square, but you're right, the the name situation is irritating. I like um Tony and Ian Edgerton from Numbers. I like mm-hmm. Tony um with the mothership. Um and I could totally get on board with Tony and Evan Lorne. Mhm. Um I really enjoyed all your reasons, though, with Tony and Bruce Banner. I I enjoyed that. 
Thank you. Um, uh, That one, I don't know if anybody else has written that pairing. Um, They may have. I, I don't check AO3 for... New 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 Denozo pairings. So it didn't exist when I first wrote it, uh, but I didn't even know if I was going to like it when I first wrote that. Um, uh, there is also another Tony somebody else pairing that has really taken off is hey people, I don't know what to do with you. Is the Tony Denozo John Shepard pairing? Um, I support I support you branching out in the pairing front, but folks, come on, <laughs> you know that you just like that's all violates my head OTP. It violates my OTP. I I only have one really genuine OTP, and that is McShep, and I don't appreciate you violating it. <laughs> I can deal with that. I cannot deal with the incest vibe. <laughs> And I know to nobody else it's an incest vibe, but to me it's like, what the hell is going on here? Get out of bed with your brother. <laughs> now, <laughs> I do have one. I do have one on my list that is somebody um, recommended and said that there's not really any sex in it. Um, and I, I have it on my read list because they said it's really good. And sometimes people tell me a story is really good, and I hate passing up on a really good story. But by the same token, I don't know. They're still like it's still leaning towards leaning towards that. So I don't know. <laughs> You're not wrong, Dark. You're not wrong, Jason Momoa. The gift that keeps on giving. Yes, and I enjoyed pairing Tony with. Um, Ronan, quite a lot. Because, because no. <laughs> no. Because incest, because incest. That's why. Because incest. I have, this is just me. I have, a, I think people should write what they want to write. But I do, we've talked about it. I have a very profound headcanon about Tony being related to the Shepherds. So, that's a, I even, it's actually so deeply entrenched that I did put it in the series Bible for Feeding Frenzy that I said, please don't have John Shepard flirt with Tony because it's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a terrible, terrible thing to like limit the prayers right in the SGA thing um, that way. But fortunately, the person who picked up the SGA, um, also their headcanon is that they're at least related, at least cousins. So um, there would be no flirting. everybody would bottom for M'Baku. Everybody. Everybody is on their knees, ass in the air for M'Baku. I I refuse to believe anything else. (laughs) Mm. That is my headcanon. (laughs) There you go. The whole thing about this podcast is let yourself evolve. And if people give you a hard time for changing, if they give you a hard time for um, trying a new fandom or a new pairing or breaking away from their OTP or whatever, just that's just that's fine. That's fine. Not that they're giving you a hard time, but you go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do do you. 
do what you're inspired by because you're not going to be inspired and you're not going to keep writing, working on stuff that doesn't, it, it doesn't grab your attention. So if you really want to write Tony Stark, you know, getting it on with M'Baku and people are telling you no, but that's really what's on your mind, we fully support what's tell on your this, mind. You, yeah, I totally support that. And tell them to suck my dick. <laughs> She's willing to get an extra big one out for them to do it to. <laughs> and then throw it away afterwards because it'll have cooties. Right? I don't believe for a second he's actually a vegetarian. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't particularly have any particular um, desire to write in DC, but I did plot a whole story just so that I could put Tony um, with Aquaman because, come on, <sighs> for real, I can't watch us. That's a horror movie, right? I also haven't seen Get Out. I'm afraid of that. You can't watch I'm, what? I don't do well. I'm horror movies. I'm delicate. Us? Who's, who's watching a horror movie? They're talking about the movie Us, which is a horror movie, right? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't even heard of it. It's by that guy who did the movie Get Out. Hmm. No, I mean, the, no, I have a delicate stomach. Actual, and the, I almost threw up in Blade 2. In Blade? Really? Two. Not bloody. Part two. Or is it part three? The one with the brains. Oh. I noped out over, well, I'm not quite that sensitive, but I do, I have noped out of more. I noped out of Spartacus. Um, They just took some of that way too far. I mean, way too far. Um. Someone convinced me that we the had Saw to... movies weren't that weren't that bad. They lied. They fucking lied. They were that bad. I um, a lot of movies. We, we did not watch Saving Private Ryan in the theater because I had heard that it was pretty gory in the beginning, and so we it agreed is. that we would rent it and watch it. And I had we had to pause the movie so I could sew up. And I was like, you could not pause. You, you could just like fast forward through that or just watch it yourself and let and let me know when it's over. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you gain anything by watching that that opening scene, really. So I would never watch that again. Um, Although yeah, it does I still have a level of horror over the whole movie that you never get over. So psychologically, I think it 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 does its job. It is impactful, I agree, but it's just not something I ever need to see again. No. But there are some, the friend I let talk me into watching Saw, I want to say it was Saw 4, I don't remember which Saw it was, <sighs> but the friend I let talk me into watching it, there are things that's in that movie that I have never gotten out of my head, um, because it's just, I, I don't do well with that kind of imagery, and and so it, I don't, I don't, like, my brain doesn't process those images out, faded them away like it should, and I just, mm. Don't don't lie to your friends when you're trying to convince them to watch bloody movies. It's not nice. 
Pet Cemetery, um, actually, the first one kind of ruined me. I, um, I will, I just, I can't. I, there's a scene in the first Pet Cemetery where the, where the wife, um, she's having basically a flashback of her sister who was insane, but also had some kind of disorder where her body was all twisted. And there's a scene where she comes up out of the bed and she's twisting and scraping. Gave me nightmares. I still honestly have nightmares about the, the original Pet Cemetery. Am I watching the second one? The remake? No. Mm-mm. Okay, we're done. I you can leave it. Don't need somebody it. Tell Jeep that, somebody tell Jeep they can put their headphones on her. She can put her headphones back in because, Yeah. We're 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 a little off of people who are, we're what what was somewhere between five and ten seconds as as much as as much as ten, but as little as two to five seconds um, off of people who are listening on the um through the through through blog talk servers. People who are calling in are there's like maybe a there's a few second delay, not second, it's, it's like my millisecond delay. Um, yeah, no more horror. No, we're done. Um, but there's a few second delay for the for not second. It's it's fractions, a few fractions of a second delay if you're calling in. Um, but if you're listening on Blog Talk, uh, you could have like as much as like a five second be behind what's being said live. So yeah, we. That's why we have to. It things seem kind of out of sync. Okay, so Jeep calls in. Okay. Um, Tony is Tony is a fandom bicycle, and like everybody wants to ride him, but not everybody gets to ride him because some of them haven't earned it. They need to rethink their life choices. I don't ride Tony with everyone. Um, I I can read him. This is that thing. It's like there's places I can cross. I can go as a reader that I can't go as a writer. Um, I have to really see, yeah, right. Um, I have to see um, the, I have to see real chemistry in a pairing. Uh, I have to be able to conceptualize the chemistry to be able to write it. And some pairings, I just can't get there on the chemistry. So um, I just, I, I might read it to see if somebody else has captured something that I'm not seeing, but I, I usually, I've, I have a much smaller range of people that I'm willing to pair him with. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like I I was really big. The biggest fandom that I read for a long time was Buffy. And, I mean, I it was after X-Files, after the Sentinel, it, Buffy was next. And I never really wrote – I plotted a bunch of stories, but I never really wrote in that fandom. And um, it was because I had a mental block that I was able to get past as a reader that I couldn't get past as a writer. And that mental block was the age difference between in the pairings, the, the most the pairings that I enjoyed. Um, I just don't understand why, like, 126-year-old. From a writer perspective, a 126-year-old vampire with a 17-year-old doesn't gel for me um, from a writer perspective. Now, I read plenty of stories with the Spike Xander pairing that I really liked. And some of the fan fiction I've read that was like some of my favorite of all time was in Buffy and with that pairing. But it's like when I would like try to sit down to write it, I would go, 
Huh, eight, he's 18, or he's 22, and he's 126, 28, 30, 130. Why? It just... It, it was weird. It's like the suspension of disbelief that I was able to get to as a reader, I could not bring forth as a writer. And so I have that same issue when I write Tony with other people, is I can suspend my disbelief to read it, read a variety of pairings that I wouldn't, I wouldn't write um, ever. I, couldn't, I could never get myself to write them. So... Azure... <laughs> Stop it. Stop Vampires it. have circulation. Come on, Lady they're Holler, not, get in the corner. Um, oh my God. You got actually, five minutes of the actually, podcast and you've earned yourself in the, the corner. They're not at Vampires. The thing is, if they were actually dead, they'd be decomposing, and they're not, which means there has to be more to the mythology than just a walking corpse. Otherwise, they would be zombies. And there's a very distinct difference between a zombie and a vampire. So go to the corner. Everybody who is in the pot chat right now likening vampires the, to dead bodies. You're in the corner now, and you'll be in the corner tomorrow night too, Lady Holder. You just, you just get comfortable. You're going to be in there the rest of the weekend. They are not a possessed corpse. Oh my God, Azure! <laughs> no. <sighs> no. Um. I can, you know, I, I feel like I, I think could probably been getting the booth, with a lot of different people, which is good since I'm the anchor, so I'm gonna have to be open to possibilities. See who makes the yes, most convincing case. Make your case. You're not just convincing me. You're convincing me. <laughs> yes. Make your case because it, you know, they got to have chemistry there, but no sex. Nobody else has to deal with. Nobody else has to deal with your sex choices. Flirting, flirting is fine, but nobody gets nobody gets laid in this in this thing until until Kira until Kira lets them bang because she's the bang master. <laughs> I'm also the designated cursor outer, and I'm not explaining that. (laughs) (sighs) But it's just, it's interesting how we can, we, everybody who's been in fandom for any, for more than a minute, you've evolved, you've changed, you have, you started in one place and you're somewhere else now. Um, you've picked up new pairings or you've dropped pairings or things you used to like, you can't figure out why you ever liked that, things you said you would never read in a, in, in a million years, you read all the time now. We all evolve and change, and that is a good thing. It is a really good thing. So, you know, don't be judgy about people evolving. And quit committing everything we say to memory and calling us out and calling us hypocrites. It's it's really frustrating. Get a hobby. Go read some fan fiction. <laughs> or write some fan fiction. I don't know, but quit writing down what I say. I actually did wonder. I was like, is this somebody that I did a Red Robin with under a different name? Not a red robin, a round robin with under a different name who 
um, is bitter about me pulling out or something. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or they heard, the, they, they heard the podcast where I talk about how awful it is. And um, I don't know. It's just very. It's very. It was like, well, what's what's behind this? Because you are rationally invested in whether or not I'm doing a um, quote unquote round robin now, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually still not over it. So, but I might get over it, and I should be allowed to. I don't know that I'm ever getting over it, the whole round robin thing. It it just it it makes me deeply uncomfortable. You'll get some in chat just now say that they did one but they kept throwing in plot by accident. Well that's just uh, that's just unfortunate. <laughs> if the reason why you weren't fitting in is because you were throwing in plot. How um, dare you have a plot? It's terrible. We're down to a minute and twenty seconds. I hope you guys had a great week, and I hope you have an excellent weekend. Um, I think I have to go do my taxes now. I also did that today, and I didn't. I fucked around on my website all day. All day. Oh, it looks beautiful. Thank you. You guys uh, have a great evening. Say good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. <laughs>